Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Ken Bedford. I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Uh, Video replay is by far the most important tool in diving. Sideline Scout has the amazing Poolside Live. Please go check out their website, sidelinescout.com. Check it out. Get yourself a package. It's, it's really the best money you can ever spend. Um, you know, a whole bunch of video apps out there. This just crushes everything. Every time I pull it out for a high school meet, the other coaches are like, dang, man, this is really, really nice. I say, yeah, you're right. It is. Go get one. So, uh, Ken, let's get started here. Take some time. Tell us how you got involved in diving, uh, where your career took you as an athlete and then as well as a coach. So my career, I didn't start diving till freshman year of high school. I had no background. Uh, it was one of those things. I mean, I, I mean, you can even ask Keith. I graduated high school at 115 pounds, so that tells you where I was as a freshman. You know, I was. Fi- I mean, that whole cliche. I was five foot nothing, not even a hundred and nothing. So I was too small for football. I was terrible at basketball. Uh, I went and tried swimming one day. And looked down and watched these guys jumping around on the boards and it looked like they were having fun. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to have fun. This is too much work swimming. I mean, swimmers put work in, you know, so I decided I'm going to go down to uh, the diving well because Butler had his own diving well, which was really nice. And I fortunately, Butler didn't have a coach at first. And then they hired McHaley, who uh, was a godsend for Butler diving because Butler diving was kind of going downhill. And then they talked uh, McHaley into coming. And McHaley was, I don't know if you know who Dave Pickler is or Nunzio Esposto, but, da- but McHaley started those two divers, uh, their careers at Butler. So when he came, uh, his philosophy was, was we have fun, but we work hard. And that's exactly what we did was, is we did nothing but, uh, but uh, work hard, but he, man, we had a blast doing it too. And so for my first year, it was all just learning everything. Cause like I said, I had nothing, I had no idea of uh, what diving was like. I just, you know, I grew up in the era of, uh, of Greg Luganus. So, you know, we all watch him and we're like, Oh, we can all, we can all do that because Greg Luganus did it. And you realize it's not that easy. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so we, uh, so I, uh, I, you know, I worked hard my first two years. It was strictly just diving. I didn't, I didn't do any lifting, any, any extra kind of workout. It was strictly on the board, doing, uh, doing the work that needed to be learned on the board, get that muscle memory done there. And then my, come my junior year, I hooked up with uh, Joe Savannah, who was the football strengthening coach uh, for Butler. And I credit him for a ton for getting me stronger getting me uh you know that whole fast muscle twitch is a is no joke you need it in diving because it has to the reaction time has to be there so working with him he designed workouts specifically for me and it made a world of difference and that was also the time that i uh got hooked up with dave robat up at clarion now i've gone to i went to his camps you know and again as a as a skinny little kid from from butler you don't make a big impression but as the years went on, he noticed that, that, that I had a little bit of ability and he uh, asked me to join his age group team. And that was funny because Pitt was the big age group team and Pitt had called and offered me a spot on their team. And, you know, my mom said, 
you know, if you want to go ahead, it's up to you. I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the clearing camp another year and, and, and do that. And then probably after that, I'll go to Pitt. And it was after that summer. So it was going into my junior year that summer, Robeck called me and said, Hey, I got a, I got an idea. I want to start a, a uh, age group team. So we, you know, I asked him, I said, well, including me, how many people are going to be on this team? And he said, including you, there's going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, I said, so you're telling me I got private lessons <clears throat> a week for two hours a day. He goes, absolutely. So that was a no brainer. If you know anything about Rovat, he is by far the greatest college coach to ever coach. And I know, Aaron, you went to a different college and it's no offense to you. No, I would agree. <laughs> but uh, so I started training up there and that's where I started. I did start high board till 11th grade in high school. And he told me, like, I was terrified. I mean, that's high up there, you're, you know. And he told me, Rovat told me, you're going to hate one meter after I'm done with you. And he's no joke because I, after I started diving three meter, I hated one meter. One meter was, it was too slow. You know, it was, it was, it was no risk. Cause you, I mean, you'd still get hurt. My worst injuries were on one meter, which is crazy to think, but uh, it was just, there was no risk involved. That's like when you go to platform, platform is so much fun because it's so scary. And us divers, we're built different. Our brains are not wired the same way as other people, you know? So, um, so after that, so I did two years at Clarion age group team going through high school and, uh, and I pretty much knew that's where I was going to college because why would I leave who I felt was the greatest coach I've ever had coach me? So that, that was pretty much a no brainer to go to Clarion. Yeah. Yeah. So then further down the road, um, talk about your Clarion experience and then eventually where you ended up uh, in the coaching world. So Clarion was, um, greatest uh decision i ever made i don't know if i could have made it at any other college and you guys all been through college you know the experiences it's ups and downs and highs and lows and it's it's uh rough but but to go to clarion i mean eventually met my wife there which was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me because you know uh but when i first started there we i had to dive against uh, dario defonzio and i don't know if you know dario dario down in he's coaching down florida now Yep. And he was, the, he was the greatest diver I've ever had the chance to compete against. Um, and my only claim to fame against him was our dual meet, because we had a dual meet against Oakland. And first dive on three meter, I used to do my required reverses and backs were back one, reverse one and a half and back one half pop, where my required does. And we started off backs, did back dive, and I did back one and a half, and I beat him <laughs> on the first dive. And then I guess he decided that was enough. And then he just <laughs> destroyed me. You know, so that was my freshman year. Um, so we go, <laughs> we go to nationals. I place, I place second on both boards at nationals, uh, which for a freshman was, uh, you know, that's exhilarating as a freshman. You don't expect, I had no idea what to expect going into nationals. Now nationals are a lot different now than it was when we were, when we were going or, you know what I mean? Uh, so then sophomore year, Andy Ferguson was my teammate. And Andy, I give a, a lot of the credit to my success is because of Andy Ferguson. Andy Ferguson was such a good diver. And if I didn't have him competing against me every single day, 
I probably would have slacked off a little bit. I probably wouldn't have worked as hard, but he made me work harder. He made me want to be a better diver. But what always upset me about Andy Ferguson, it was effortless for him. He didn't have to work that hard and it always was so easy for him. But I mean, we all, we all find that journey differently. But uh, so my, so we go to North Dakota, our sophomore year one meter which was bizarre because again hated one meter three meter was my board <laughs> you know so i win one meter andy ferguson wins three meter so we won two both boards uh our sophomore year junior year we go to texas i win three meter he placed i'm not sure i'm not sure he, he didn't win he didn't win uh down in texas so that was my second title on three meter. Then I redshirted what would have been my senior year because I had switched my major and I knew I was going one more year and Robat asked me if I would be willing to sit out a year and cause he didn't really record, recruit anyone. So he said, I really don't have anyone coming, coming down the pipe. I'd love to keep you one more year. So I just trained what would have been my senior year is all I did, which was good for me. I did it was something I need. I needed to step back and, you know, because burnout, you guys know what burn, burning out in the sport is like. It's its rough to get back in. So then the following year up in Buffalo, uh, going against Dean, and Dean was a great diver. I cannot remember where he went to school, but um, I want to say Drury. But uh, I won three meter and took second on one meter. So, you know, I mean, my whole career, I didn't place, I didn't place lower than third place my entire career. But so, I mean, crazy to think, you know, because now I'm sitting here 45 years old, old man, I have a hard time getting out of bed, you know. <laughs> so to think that I did that stuff is crazy. Yeah. So, so then you you guys connected when Heath was in high school, you were his coach. Yes. What was number one? What was the transition like going from a premier division two athlete winning national titles to then the high school world? So. It was pretty seamless. You know, coaching is like, like I'll go back to Mick Haley. Mick Haley was not a great diver. He was a mediocre diver at best, but he was a phenomenal gymnast. He was the top one, one of the top four recruits in the country when he was in high school going into college. He went to Pitt. Um, what he was was a phenomenal coach. And the transition, just because you're a great diver doesn't necessarily mean you're going to transition into a great coach. But I had great coaches that I learned from. and That's why the, the transition from, from an athlete to a, a coach was, was very easy. It was, it was pretty seamless. Um, now, starting off is always rough because you've got to get people to buy into your philosophy. You've got to, you've got to make them understand that you know what you're talking about. Because sometimes, I mean, I mean, kids will look at you, and the kids aren't stupid, and and they'll look at you and they're like, well, no, you're you're, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not doing that. But so you got to convince them that this is what you need to do, and that's the biggest obstacle as a as a coach is, uh, will you buy into what I'm selling? And and I think that's where I always succeeded was because I could talk to these kids and they believed me, and it didn't hurt background as a diver was what it was what it was uh that these kids would would well this guy went through it he knows what he's talking about and and so it was easy to to transition into that 
and then continue it on. I mean, 21 years doing it, it was, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of divers came through my, my, uh, my pool and I loved every minute of it. Good deal. Yeah. That's, um, so obviously our listeners have finally figured out like, who is this guy? I've never heard of Ken Bedford. So, uh, <laughs> for our listeners, he was my high school coach. He kind of mentioned a few times, never finished lower than third at nationals. Um, we thought, you know, we really haven't reached out to a bunch of high school coaches. So we thought this was kind of applicable. Um, you know, you, you touched on it briefly and, and I've been able to hear most of the stories we'll talk about, but, um, you know, what other colleges did you look at when you were coming through the recruiting process? What was that like when you went through it back? I don't know. Like, what was that? Like the sixties, I think. And then, um, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then, um, you know, you know, I think we see it all the time. Now we talked about it, like D one, D one, you know, why D two? I know you could have went to D one, but why division two? So Rovat was real slick with this. Uh, not highly recruited because I was not really well known. I didn't do a lot of age group diving. I didn't do, I mean, I did a lot of age group diving, but we didn't go to a whole lot of, they didn't have the amount of competitions like they do now. Right. You know, we did like, we'd go down to Kentucky and do a wildcat invitational there. Uh, and then we did JOs. That was uh, pretty much all we did. And I remember going into summer, going into my senior year, I had qualified for junior nationals and it was in California and I only qualified for three meters. So Rovat talks me out of it. He's like, ah, it's just one board. Why would we go there? Let's just call it a summer. It was a great thing. This and that. And I said, okay. I said, you're my coach. I totally, I totally understand. It's a long trip to go for one board. Um, well, I find out later he didn't want me going so that no one else would see me and start recruiting me. Because I, like I told you, I did not get recruited. I got recruited by North Carolina state. The guy that coached North Carolina state was also part of the age group program. So he saw me and then West point, I wasn't going to West point. Uh, so it was, and, and the guy from North Carolina state knew he didn't have a chance with me. So really the only person that recruited me was Dave Rova at Eclarin. And, and it was, I mean, I was going there anyways. I mean, I could have had Randy Abelman down in Florida recruiting me and I wasn't going. So it was, it was a no brainer. So, but that's kind of why, but, but as far as D2 and D1, um, I had always been told you want to be a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big pond. And I always wanted to be that big fish. Never thought I could be. Now, you got to understand that my, my confidence in diving, I was very confident in my abilities, but I can't control what other people are doing. So I don't know how good other people are. So I always wanted to be that big fish. So when I came into my freshman year of college, I didn't know how good I could be, you know, but, but I'm diving just as much. I dove 10 months out of the year in high school. So you're diving just as much in college, but the intensity of the practice is so much more. And, and uh, so going D2 was, was more of me wanting to see how good I could be against people who I felt were on the same level as me. Now I competed against guys from D1, uh, you know, in, in junior Olympics and stuff like that. It went against uh, Brian Galuli was, was one that stood out. He was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh phenomenal diver and he's he's down in florida now i think but yeah he's he coaches the gators yep 
Yeah. And he was one of those guys where, so, I mean, your, your guys technology is phenomenal because you can get any information you want at any time. But when we were, when I was in high school, we got USA diving magazine was the only time you got any information about any divers. And that's where I learned who people were because you would get the highlights of, uh, people like that. And that's where I first learned who, uh, Troy Dumay was and, and Mark Ruiz and these guys. Now they're younger than me, but they were the ones that they highlighted. So you got to watch those guys dive. And that's where I kind of made my decision. I need to stick for division two, because these are the guys that are going to be in division one. And, you know, funny story. I went to junior Olympics as a senior in high school. Uh, uh, Dumay and Ruiz were three years younger than me, four years younger than me. Their scores, destroyed my score junior olympics and junior olympic nationals done in maryland so i was like yeah i made the right decision <laughs> so very good well um we've mentioned dave robat's name on this podcast a bunch <laughs> of times and i'm sure uh, i'm sure down the road we're gonna have to get him on to defend himself um but <laughs> what i'm i'm really curious what he was like in the earlier years you know i've i've been around him i know who he is He's so much fun to be around and he gets absolutely everything out of all of his athletes. And it's incredible the career and the resume that he's built for himself. Can you talk to me about Dave Rovat in, in the earlier years? So, so we got Dave, we got young, hungry Dave. So he was looking to establish himself as the greatest college coach of all time. Was he at the time? I mean, yeah, because he's still Dave Rovat, but he was not established as the greatest of all time. So he, I mean, he was aggressive. He wanted the most out of us and he got it. One way or another, we were going to be, he wanted us to be. And, and I appreciate, I appreciate him. That's, you know, has shaped me into the man I am today is because of Dave Rovat was so persistent on how good I could be. Uh, that he convinced me that I was better than I was. So we we get we got Dave when Dave was he was a fighter. He 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 was ready to go into war every time we had a meet. He was he was uh, not a friend to anyone at that time. We were not friends with people uh, when we went into meets. Now as he got older, he definitely got a lot more relaxed. <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's like, it's like how Heath would come back, how, how nice I was to the divers and yells at me because I was never that nice to him when he was diving. And I was like, well, you know, times change. I get older. I don't, you know, my blood pressure is too high stuff like that, you know? So Rovat was the same way. Rovat kind of, as he got older, he kind of calmed down, but he still got the same amount out of these kids that he got out of us. It was just done in a different way. Yep. You know, what, do you have any stories from your time that you're allowed to share with us uh, that are appropriate for our listeners that like stick out to you? With Rovat or yeah. just in yeah, general? With, with, with Rovat, with your teammates, like that's kind of been a theme. Like a lot of people give us feedback about, you know, it's nice hearing that college athletics isn't always just like win, win, win. You know, it's like, uh-huh. it's, it's with your teammates. Like it's fun to win, but you remember the people. You know, there's not a lot of stories I can tell about <laughs> yeah. Robat in college, but I mean, I mean, there's like the things he used to do, like we, my, our first national, it was in Canton, Ohio. And, uh, he 
we got to, so we're at warm up. So we had, he would always sign us up for the earliest flights in the morning. So six in the morning was always our flight. Meet doesn't start till eight, but we're there at six. And Heath, you know what morning workouts were like. It was, he did that for a reason. Yeah. So yeah. we go, we go to our warm ups. we warm up. We're just hanging out. Well, he, we get into the, the meat warm up right before the meat starts. He's sleeping on the pool deck. I'm a freshman. That's my first nationals ever. And all these coaches like, are you not going to coach these kids? What are you doing? And he looks at them and goes, if I have to coach them right now, I might as well walk out of this pool because it's useless. If they're not prepared, I didn't do my job. And he was right. You know, we didn't need, I mean, we needed him there for moral support, but we knew what we were doing because he prepared us for that. Um, we used to play football in the pool. Deck. Now, if you know how that pool was. Yeah, so I know how that we, pool was. We, we used to, like, when you walked into the pool, swimming right by the, where the swimming pool is, that was where we started. And the dry mat was the touchdown. Full contact. So what, I mean, <laughs> that was just the stupid things we did. Uh, we used to uh, wait till Robat was in his office. And there was a ladder that they used to use to fix the lights. And Ferguson and I would climb up onto the lights and you could inch your way over to the diving well. And we used to jump off off there. Oh, that made him so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just stuff. I mean, just stuff like that. But we had fun. It was Rovat's whole philosophy is you're going to work hard, but we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. It was really very similar to Mick Haley, just at a a much higher intensity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it it all just makes a lot of sense. It just, you know, I think, and we'll, we'll touch on it more later. It's like some high school student athletes get really unlucky with a coach that comes in and some of them think they know what they're talking about and they, mm-hmm. they want to do well. And some coaches really do do their best to learn. And then some people walk in and it's like me walking in and it's like, what are the odds you walk into a practice and I have a three-time national champion that wants to coach a high school team, you know, yeah. or an Aaron or an Aaron's case, like multiple time, all American, they get him as a high school coach. Like how lucky is that just to get lucky with coaches? Cause that's all it is. It's luck. Well, and I agree with you. I was always, I always had that, that mentality and that philosophy that I'm always learning. Even, even after 20 years of coaching, I'm always learning. And I think that's what made me good coach was that I never thought I knew everything. Uh, There was always coaches that, that would, you know, Keith Hart, you know, Keith Hart in, yeah. in Hampton. He was always one of those guys that always could find little things that people were doing wrong. And he would ask me, he goes, you mind if I talk to them? Absolutely not. Because I'm going to learn from you on what you're going to tell them that they're doing wrong. Cause I can't see it, you know, and it's little things like that, that I think makes a good coach, a good coach is when you don't think I know everything that's going on and I know everything that I'm supposed to be teaching these kids. Uh, you're always learning. And that's one thing I can say to anybody getting into coaching is you don't know everything. Learn is always something new to learn. A question for you right off that. I want to flip it on you. I I agree. I'm totally in your camp. I don't know everything. I tell my kids that all the time. I'm like, Hey, go, when we go down to this big meet, I'm going to have this guy coach you because he knows a lot more than I do. 
I want to flip it though. I'm in an area, a, a very rural area. And there are many times where I see divers on the other team. And it's like, man, if, if you just tell them to get their head down on reverses, it's going to be a lot safer and they're, they're, they're going to get into it a lot better. Mm-hmm. How do I approach that coach appropriately? How does somebody ask, Hey, can I say something? So again, my, my background kind of helped me a little bit to be able to go up to a coach and say, because a lot of the coaches that when I started coaching in high school were coaching when I was in high school. So a lot of them knew me, knew my background. So me going up to them say, Hey, do you mind if I say something to your kid? I've noticed something. They accept it. That's all you can do. All you can do is just go up and say, Hey, you know what? I'm noticing your kid's head's down a little bit. Do you mind if I, if I, something and a coach might say no I don't want you talking to my kid that's fine I totally understand but most of the time if they're a half decent coach they'll say yeah please do because we you know we see these kids day in day out day in day out and we get in a repetitious kind of mentality with what they're doing so it's kind of hard for us to see those little mistakes that they're making because we've seen this over and over again and we just want them to lift their hands up or lift or keep their head up or, or whatever we want them to do we're focusing on those things that they're not doing and we're missing the little things that they are doing. So someone else coming in, uh, will see that. And it, you might be one of them that sees that. And, and most coaches should be receptive for you just going up and say, Hey, I've noticed, I noticed your kids needs to leave his head needs to leave his chin on his chest or whatever they're doing. Do you mind if I bring that up to him? I might be able to word it a little different than, you know what I mean? Because again, those kids are the same way. They keep hearing us say the same things and, and it drives them nuts. So maybe someone else say, well, no, really, but someone else yep. saying it in a different way, in a different manner might trigger something in their brain. For so sure. It, any coaches out there, let other coaches, these little problems that your kids are doing and, and let them fix it. Don't cool. let your ego, don't let your ego take over yeah. the success of your kids. So uh, kind of talking a little bit more about your coaching career, you know, I know you coached for a brief stint in college. Um, you know, why did you enjoy high school coaching over college coaching? So I did one year at Hillsdale College um, and it was that was not the right fit for me. That was not the right program for me to be in. Um, and it left a real bad taste in my mouth on on college coaching. Um, I had there was a, the head swim coach just he he. He just wanted to throw diving in there. He's one of those coaches that just wanted the points because in their conference, there was not a lot of diving. Um, just wanted the points. He didn't give me any of the keys to succeed. Uh, and it, like I said, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. So I came back home. It was the big thing. Me and, and, and my wife now, we weren't married at the time, but she had moved to Michigan with me. Um, we decided to move back because her family's here, my family's here. Uh, so we moved back to Butler and I, I contacted Dave Sheets was the, uh, the clearing grad, but he was the coach of the Butler high school at the time. And I contacted him and he had just hired someone to coach diving. And I said, I, I will be more than happy to come on as a volunteer. I just want to keep, keep going in this sport. So that's what I did. My first year was a volunteer coach. And um, loved it. And I loved it because you're getting these kids raw. They know not, they're like I was when I came into high school. Very, especially in this area, very little people know that Butler even had diving. Yeah. If you don't know how many kids I had come up to me and say, I didn't realize Butler even had a diving. 
Um, so the Y doesn't have diving. The Y is a swimming, swimming feeder program. It's not a diving feeder program. So I loved getting these kids nothing that I could help uh, transform them into something. So, and that's the exact same uh, route I took is I came as a, as a nobody that knew nothing. And, and thank God I had Robat and McHaley to shape me into what I was. So that's kind of why I like high school is because um, it's just, it's, it's just the newness of it. You know, you get these kids uh, and you get to help them, you know. I mean, the whole thing about coaching isn't necessarily about diving. It's more of you're shaping kids to be better people in society. So and, that's um, more of what. What, uh, what do you see as the biggest difference between athletes when you started and now? Um, I mean, no, no, I mean not a whole lot of difference. I mean, work, work, work ethic is a little bit different. I think like when Heath was diving and when a lot of my older athletes were diving, I think they worked a little bit harder, but that's more on me. I, I, you know, I didn't press my kids the last few years to really, I mean, I got a lot out of them. It's more of, I need to make sure these kids are, are, uh, relaxed and having fun and and i it's a different mentality we'll say like he i can't believe he told you the story of me smacking him in the arms but <laughs> I, I but I, I, a coach could do that back then like his yeah. parents i, I wanted to be completely <laughs> to know that his parents gave me permission to do that they said do yeah. whatever you have to do to get my son to act right and so i, I did yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I actually, abusive to him. <laughs> no, I actually think it was literally the first day of diving season. I actually think my mom and dad came on the pool deck and they're like, you can do whatever you want. Hit him, whatever you yep. need to do. If he's not listening, you have our permission to do whatever you want. <laughs> so yes, that's 100% true. Yep. That is true. absolutely what happened. And it it worked. In, in that in that same aspect, I couldn't do that today. Yeah, no way. Do that to any of the athletes I've had in the last five years. But Heat 10... 15 years ago, I could do that. Yeah. But, and that's kind of more where it changed is, 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 you know, you cannot be as aggressive as you can't be as aggressive as the coaches used to. Be. You know, I can yeah. yell at them, but you're going to get nowhere yelling at kids nowadays. Yeah. It, it's you one through one ear, not the other. Yeah. yeah. So. so, so looking back at your, uh, your diving career, you know, what are some of your favorite memories, whether it's as an athlete, as a coach, I mean, I know you've had this entire career to look back at, but like what, what moments stick out to you as things that are like, I guess like uh, high points or highlights to each chapter of your career. Well, you know, that first national title was insane. Cause you don't expect that. You don't like, I mean, I, I you, you put it in your head that that's what you want to do, but you don't prepare for it. It's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do my best. Let's see what happens. And when you're sitting on that podium, it's like, holy cow, I actually did this. I'm actually the best in the nation at something. And you don't, you know, and that's a huge highlight. But honestly, I mean, my favorite times were just were practices. And, and Andy Ferguson, and, and I know you've never really had a chance to meet him. He is such a cool guy, but he was such a, 
a dingbat. He was so crazy. <laughs> you know, Brian Gina Ketty came on and Brian and Gino was was just as a nut, big of a nutball. We all fit together. I was, if you believe it, I was the stable one of the three of us, if you believe that. So, but that's what I enjoyed most. I mean, Florida. Here's, here's a story for a trip to Florida. I think I've told Heath this a few times. My freshman year, Rovat used to make us rollerblade <laughs> from the hotel. So it, it's a five-mile rollerblade. So me and Ferguson take off and Ferguson was really good on rollerblades. I was not, but I was stable enough that I'm not going to be flying all over the place, but he just took off. He was gone. So I'm going at my pace. I'm not kidding you. 25 yards from the pool. I can see the pool. And so over the cross crosswalk and it's an eight lane highway. And if you're ever in Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale's rows are made with these little tiny seashells. Okay, so it's kind of hard to rollerblade, but I'm going over and I have the I have the person on the crosswalk and I out of the corner of my eye, I'm going as fast as I can. And out of the corner of my eye, I see that there's a car coming and I cannot stop myself soon enough. I hit that opening and this car plows into me. <laughs> so <laughs> I was smart enough to jump. Car hit me and I'm on the on the hood then the first instinct of this person driving the car is I'm going to slam my brakes on. So she slams her brakes on. Well, that sends me flying off her hood and feet on my face on the little seashell gravel road. Now I have a white t-shirt on and covered in blood because I'm bleeding all over. My hands are bleeding. My chin's bleeding. I get to the side. I look at her. I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. She takes off. She was a cute little old lady. And it was just, it was stupid. So I get to the pool and Rovest there waiting for me. And I show up, I left in a white shirt. I show up covered in blood. Because <laughs> that's what Rovat did. Rovat laughed at you when you did stupid things. But that is probably one of the craziest memories I had in college was getting hit by a car my freshman that's, year. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, oh. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But that's the things, the stupid things we did was I, we got hit by cars. You guys don't know the struggle. <laughs> All right. So before I get into the signature oh. questions, there is a parallel that I'm seeing. And you guys listening, you can't see this, but Ken is wearing a Green Lantern <laughs> shirt. And for those of you uh, who don't know, Heath has a massive Green Lantern tattoo <laughs> on his elbow. Right. <laughs> So what, where, what's, what's the love affair with Green Lantern, you two? I, uh, I like him first because I'm older. So he copied off me is what I'm, <laughs> what I'm going with. <laughs> I, I don't know how I don't, you I don't, not like him. Wow, the symbol's awesome, <laughs> let alone, I mean. But uh, I, I, my love for superheroes and comic books and whatnot, it, it, that's, I'm a, a true nerd stuff like that so i will i will never I, I forget ever i'll never forget in deadpool when ryan reynolds says please don't let the suit be green <laughs> well how about Where? at the end at the at the end when they clean up the timeline and he oh you made it to the big leagues 
yeah. yeah. <laughs> so too good. But, too good. Uh, All right. Uh, moving on to our signature question. Something I ask everybody is what is your favorite failure or uh your just your best learning experience? So I thought about this and you know, I don't ever really look at much of what I've done as failures. I mean, like you said, everything's a learning experience. Nothing as long as you take everything as as like you said, a learning experience and not as a failure, you're going to grow from that. But one of the, one of the greatest failures I ever had, and I, this, this kind of was the first thing that popped into my head as a diver was, um, North Dakota diving against Andy Ferguson last dive. I snot my, my last dive was always inwards and inwards were always my best, my best dive. And that was always my last dive. Um, and Andy Ferguson put reverse two and a half twister, which going up to nationals was his worst dive. He couldn't hit that thing if he jumped out of an airplane. <laughs> he just couldn't, he couldn't land it. So I hit my dive and I'm winning towards the nationals and I'm locked. There's no way Andy Ferguson has beat me. He has to get eight and a half on this dive to beat me. He stands up and he drops it for nine and a half tens. And I went nuts. Like, there, I don't know where the video is. I used to have a video of it. I'm probably cheering louder than he is on beating me on a dive that he had failed all the two weeks going up to nationals. And that was, it was a failure because I didn't win, but my teammate beat me in just premier fashion, which is just awesome. So you learn from that and you, and you know, I, I can all, not always guarantee that, that this person is going to do what they have to do. So I have to be the best that I can be. So that doesn't happen again. Yeah. And I don't know if it ever happened again. I can't remember. Very good. So. <laughs> I like that. Well, uh, another signature question here. We threw this one in just cause I was excited to uh, pick your brain a little bit. I would love a good Heath story, a good high school, young, uh, young Heath Calhoun what's the best story you got for me? all right so you know this this has nothing to do with diving I mean, it does but it doesn't I think he's gonna know what I'm gonna say uh, so it it in Butler oh yeah I already know what you're gonna and say I already know what you're gonna there's say an, there's an isthmus that that connects the pool there's a walkway in between the swimming pool and the diving wall and it was always badge of honor Someone to jump over that. I did it. I'm almost positive Nunzio did it. David Pickler did it. So Heath, I said, you're not allowed to do it through your senior year. So Heath says, well, I'm a senior. Jump over the, the, the walkway. I said, all right. So we got pads and we put pads over the thing. And I told him, I said, my first attempt, I didn't make it. I landed on the pads. And then the next one, I knew what I did wrong. So Heath goes up and he does a practice run. One was great. His practice one would have cleared it by a good three or four feet. Like, all right, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. He goes, he double bounces, triple bounces, and his foot does not get the right angle. And he launches himself straight at the <laughs> way and he catches it rib side <laughs> in the diving well. And we had that on video, but I think Heath has since got rid of that video. I but we did it. have that on video. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I wish it I had it. One of my proudest moments as a coach, I'll tell you what. <laughs> watching, my, watching my premier athlete almost break every rib on his uh, left side. 
<laughs> I, think, I think I can like but va- vaguely remember coming. I remember seeing the video and just Ken's on the far side. He's like, Oh, he's dead. And I came yeah, up, but I, thought- I, I think something along the lines of, did it look cool? <laughs> it's like, no, well, no, you can't, you came up laughing. So I knew we were all right, but it, it was kind of tense. I thought I had to jump in. Cause I thought, I mean, he caught, he caught perfectly. Mats weren't there. You would have broken those ribs is where you landed. Oh, you yeah. know, but he, but he was by far talented athlete I ever coached. His records chose it. Uh, he, unfortunately, Heath would have been probably at least a two-time IL champion, if not state champion, if it wasn't for Connor Karumsky. You so know, good. I mean, I still to this day think he's one of the best. Uh, I ever got to see, and we got to see Zach Zach Knees dive. Yeah, um, and he was insane. Yeah, that kid was insane. I still think Connor was better than him. I, I um, can still as, as I far still, as as far as high school. I still remember at states my junior year, we were at warm ups, and Zach was doing a regular takeoff, and uh, and he did front three and a half tuck and smoked it. And I remember and him jumping it. and spinning so fast that I looked at you and I said, "Did he just do two and a half?" And you're like. I think he did three and a half and it would have went nines at that meet. Like it was, the, it might to this day still be the best front three and a half tuck I've ever seen. Yeah. And he didn't do it in the meet. No. Just play, he was just playing around. Yep. It was insane. Insane. But, and that tells you what, what I thought of Connor because I thought yeah. Connor was better than Zach. Yep. But in that aspect, Keith always competed with him. He always pushed Connor to be better. Just like how I said, you need that person. Yeah. Uh, just like JB Cologne. Yeah. JB was never able to beat Heath. JB was a phenomenal diver. He would have killed me in college. He was, he got oh, so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> he was so good. I, I still remember, I still remember graduating high school after, after States. And I was like, JB, I'm so happy I'm a senior because next year you would have destroyed me. And like his career just skyrocketed. He did. He did. He went. Where did he go? He went to Virginia. Virginia yep. Tech. Virginia. Yep. Got to watch. Got to watch him develop there, which was just fun. And that's that's fun. It's fun to watch these kids that go with you do the things they were doing. Yeah. Like like Connor. I mean, Connor went to Stanford and and yep. you know diving with Christian Ibsen is talk about just a gift diving yeah. with that guy because he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So agreed. Very good. Well, the next question, usually I ask uh, if somebody's in the USA diving world, you know, what can USA diving do to improve? But you and I wanted the same in the high school setting. What would, uh, what do you think we can do to make high school diving better? Um, We have a whole bunch of chat rooms filling up with ideas and uh, voluntary lists first and um, just all kinds of stuff floating around. I'm curious, what would you change, if anything, in the high school world? Well, I don't know Minnesota, right? Yes. I don't know how refereeing is like in Minnesota, but I truly believe that coaches need to judge in high school. Now, you'll get some biased coaches. I know that you'll you'll get some of those people that are going to be biased, but nobody knows better than a diving coach. They do it in college need to do it in high school. I really believe you want to improve 
how these kids are scored, they need to be – the coaches need to judge. That's what I feel. Or someone – you need to have maybe just specific diving judges that – because – you know, Butler, we were very, we were very lucky to have judges that actually knew diving. Like Gary Mado is one of our referees. He was my high school swim coach, but he also got to see David Pickler and Nunzio Spasso dive. So he knew what diving was supposed to look like. You know, that was always my biggest frustration was I go, we go to these meets and these referees are throwing up twos for one thing. And sixes for, you know, you go two, two, six and a half. It shouldn't be like that. They are not knowledgeable enough to know what they're looking at. Or they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. No, this is a judge sport. You're going to have hurt feelings. It's yeah. just the way it is. But I really feel that if you want to improve the sport, you need, I think coaches need to referee. They do it in college. They could do it in high school. Yeah. We we must do that already here, at least for our dual meets. Our dual meets, we have three judges, uh, each coach, and then there is a referee. There is an official. And and to your point, uh, the officials sometimes they're hit or miss. I'll I'll, I'll yeah. totally agree with that. Sometimes they're they're you know you, you kind of cock your head and you're like, okay, yeah, well, I, I definitely saw it different. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for for like the championship style meets to get to qualify for our state meet, we typically have all coaches judge on a seven judge panel, which is, I, I really enjoy it because yeah. you're exactly right. You're going to have some biased coaches out there. You're going to have that, that person that says, well, I've never seen him do it for a five and a half. And that was the best I've ever seen it. So I'm going to give him a five yeah. and a half. Well, maybe, maybe it was only worth a four and a half. You just, yeah. you know, you have never seen it like that. You're always going to have that. But to your point, when you have seven judges, well, two, two of those people can be wrong, high and low. Yep. And it's going to average out. Yep. So it's, it's, it's fine to have a seven panel judging of coaches, have a couple that are going to be biased like that. And they're going to get thrown out. It doesn't matter how they, they judge you. But I know that the, the coaches that I know and I've grown up with and I've coached with probably judge their kids harder would yeah. judge other kids i would i've done it that's I, how i am you know when i'm yeah when i'm judging my kids i was always hard on them and i learned that from from robet the only 10 i ever got in college was at westminster, westminster <laughs> i'm sorry um ron jenkins ron jenkins was great i don't know if you guys ever you ever we know ron talk to ron oh, we know ron. ron's great the, he's the best uh so i'm doing like i said my required was back one and a half and reverse one and a half and I was better at back than reverse. So I did back one and a half and I hit it for eights. And I looked at Ferguson. I said, I'm smoking this reverse one and a half. And I go up and I kick out and I drop it and I felt great. And I come out of the water and I hear 10, nine and a half. And I look at Jenkins and I said, Jenkins, what, what, what gives? And he looks at me and he shows me the 10. And Robat <laughs> gave me the nine and a half. Jenkins looks at Robat and says, what's the deal? He goes, I've seen him do it better. <laughs> 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 the Jenkins says, there's no way you seen that could do that better. So, but that's, that's how Robat was. Robat was never going to give me a time. Cause always seen us do things better than what yeah. we've ever done. Them. And that's what a coach should do. You know, if we're going to judge these things, you need to judge your kids on that. They could be better. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
So, so kind of transitioning here is, uh, you know, can, as a coach, what was your favorite drill to do? I'd be curious as a, as an athlete, what was your favorite drill to do as well? Well, drills, I mean, reverses. I was growing up, you saw how I learned how to do reverses and it's insane. It's yeah. insane how I was taught. I was taught, you start at the back end of the board, run to the end of the board and you throw yourself back dangerous and i do it i would still do it to this day just to scare kids um but i learned how to, to teach reverses from his name was doc i cannot remember his last name he was the oakland coach and i was at a a conference for coaching when i first got into coaching and he was talking about how he taught his age group kids how to do reverses and he would stand on the board and he would physically throw them into reverses and the whole idea of, of reverses is your body's not supposed to go that way. So your body's going to naturally force yourself to go back. So you're not supposed to go blindly towards the board. Your brain doesn't work that way. The, 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 the chemical makeup does not let you do that. So you have to force yourself to do that. So what he did was he would stand on the side of the board, jump with his kids. He'd lift them up and he'd physically pull them into the reverse dive. And at first I didn't understand the concept. And then I went back because I was coaching college at the time. I went back and I tried it with my athletes. I knew they all could do reverses. I just wanted to see how this action worked. And it's amazing because as you slowly keep doing it, you slowly start backing off and you don't to where they're just doing the reverse side themselves. And you have to film it because they have to physically see it to, to get it into their heads that, yeah, I can do this. I, that's the only way I would ever teach reverses anymore is yeah. that way it's safer i mean you have control and the kids and you can physically make these kids do what you need them to do so that's my favorite thing to do is when these kids get reverses and you're able to to watch them slowly get into it it's it's so much fun to do so my favorite thing to do were inwards my inwards were i loved inwards regardless of what it was inward dive inward three and a half i loved it right so um, so what's the best advice you have e either given or received? So, you know, given my dad, my freshman year, wasn't myself. Okay? And I, after about three weeks into diving, I was going to quit. I told my dad, he would come pick me up after practice. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing real well. And he said, absolutely not. He goes, you signed on to be on this team. He goes, you're going to see this year out. He goes, after the end of the season, yeah, if you don't want to do it again, you don't have to do it again. But you're going to see this season through because you've already made a commitment. Thank God he said that. <laughs> you know, thank God my dad wasn't one of those guys that, that was like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead and quit. It's not, it's not for you, obviously, this and that. No, he said, you're, I mean, you're going to finish this. And, and if, I, if he would have let me stop, then I would not have been able to do the things I did. And that was the best advice my dad ever gave me. You start something, you finish it. So, and I like to think that I instilled that into my kids uh, in diving. But, you know, my, my greatest advice to them was you have to have fun. If it's not fun, it's not worth doing. So you have to enjoy what you're doing. If you're not enjoying it, then we have to figure out a way to make it enjoyable. And that's what I, I you know, over, over 20 years of, of coaching, I hope that's what I instilled in these kids. Absolutely. Man, think about that though. If your dad doesn't, if your dad does not 
not let you quit it. If he doesn't Mm -hmm. force you to stick with it, think of how different a lot of people's lives are, not just yours. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I tell, I tell him to this day that that was the greatest pivotal moment in my life was him telling me you're not quitting. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So now this will be a fun one is who would you like to hear us interview next? Oh, there's so many, you know, I'm an old school diver and I grew up with old school divers. Um, Dean Panero, David Pickler, Nunzio would be a great one. Uh, Jenny Kime, Becky Rule, uh, Scott Doney, Kent Ferguson. I mean, these are all old school divers that are still just rocking it out. Uh, but I actually, this was kind of like a thought I had. I would like you guys to talk to your parents. Interview your <laughs> That's parents. That's a good one. That's actually on, a really good one. Because you're, well, because Heath's, Heath's dad was mad at me. <laughs> he first started diving and he was because he was a football player and his dad loved the fact that he was a football player and his dad was mad that he was not going to be playing football anymore and does he have does he have a future in this i was like i think i think he does i think he does have a future and thank god you quit football <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so. yeah. that's re- that i love that idea actually it's a good that's idea. really interesting and you know me and my dad have a amazing relationship but we joke all the time i'm like dad i'm so sorry man like i chose diving and I'm jumping in the pool in a speedo. I, I could have been a hockey player, man. I know that's a real <laughs> sport. And, you know, we continue to, to throw it back to each other and joke all the time, but that'd be a really fun one to do, yeah. actually. That's a good idea. Well, that's kind, of, that's kind of how my – when I came home, say, hey, I'm going to be a diver, and they kind of looked at each other like, yeah. why? Why yeah. are you going to do that? <laughs> I was like, well, you wanted me to do something, so I'm doing something. Yeah. Good thing I did, huh? That's yeah, so, definitely. I, I, I mean, even if it's not your parents, just diving parents who have never dove but are enthralled in this this life yeah. that we call our sport. Which, which I want to on a side note, I want to thank you guys. This is great. <laughs> this this talking of diving because diving, honestly, diving gets highlighted once every four years. Yeah, you know, the Olympics come around and it gets highlighted, and then it goes to sleep. Yeah, and and the community out there is strong. I mean, if you're a diver, even if you're a basic diver to a top level diver, you're committed to diving and you are in this family that we've created as divers. And it's just great to hear you guys talk about all things diving and, and keeping this sport alive and, and bringing these names like Ron O'Brien, serious. You guys got Ron O'Brien. I met Ron O'Brien down at YMCA Nationals because David Pickler was diving for him on the U.S. national team. And I got I got to do some dry land with Ron O'Brien. And it was the greatest moment of my life was Ron O'Brien. The, Greg Luganis' coach is uh, talking to me, even talking to me, let alone helping me out on dry board. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, well, he was just he didn't... was he was an incredible guy, you know, yeah. That, you're, you're a superhero guy. It just brings me to like Steve Rogers. You know, he's, oh, he's just that, yeah. he's that old soul. He's that original. He's no one could possibly dislike. It's like, he's got a, he's got a set set of rules and you're going to, you're going to go by them and you're going to be extremely successful. And that's it. Yep. It's, it's so plain and simple and, and it's amazing. Well, he's, he's one of those guys. He's like, he's like a unicorn. He's not real. 
Yeah. yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, you don't, you don't expect, like, you guys don't expect to do an interview with Ron O'Brien <laughs> because he is that guy that you feel is above everybody else. Like he is the greatest of all time. It's like, yeah. it's like interviewing Jordan in basketball. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. don't expect to do that. And when you did, I'm listening to that interview and I'm beaming the whole time going, this is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. So just, just everybody you guys are talking to is just great. It's so, it's so much fun to listen to and to hear their, their journeys is, is so much fun. Like Christian Ibsen, I didn't know anything about him. I just knew he was a phenomenal diver, but yeah. I didn't know anything about him. So listening to his, uh, his interview on here was great. You know, you, you learn there's so much more to these people than just diving. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, you know, it, it's just so much fun to listen to. So yeah, this has, yeah, been, well, this has just been a great experience. But before uh, Aaron sends us out, you know, obviously, Ken, thank you for everything. Like, I'm not in this Absolutely, sport. Buddy. I'm not where I am now. I still talk to you. You'll still, you're going to be at my wedding in May. We'll all be at the wedding in May. So yeah. grateful. I'm so happy I walked into the, those pool doors. I mean, like it's wild <laughs> to think, but it's 15 years ago. Like, is it been that long? Yeah. 15 Gosh. years ago is when I walked through the pool doors and I'm like, Oh, Good let's Lord. see how this goes. And uh, so for that's everybody impossible. listening, I'm not that old. Yeah, you are that old, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but for all those listeners that are listening, thank your high school coach. Cause they do a very thankless job. They work all the time to try to help you guys. And they care about you when a lot of other people would not jump at the opportunity to do a high school coaching job. So Ken special, thank you for me. Thanks for coming on. And uh, Aaron will kind of do our, our send out here. Perfect. Well, yeah. Anybody listening, uh, hit us up on Instagram, please check our link tree on our Instagram bio. It's got tons of good links. Um, our Gmail is the, uh, the diving pod at gmail.com again, link tree that has the link to our t-shirt shop. That is my family's business, cowingrobards.com. Use the coupon code DivePod at checkout for free shipping. Again, I just wanted to say thank you to Ken Bedford here. Fun to see where, uh, where Heath came from and just pick the brain of another national champion and a fellow high school coach. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely, buddy. All this right. We'll see you next time.